So our most important priority with our customers right now is for them to trust us. I don't want to share someone else's thoughts. I want to create my own original thoughts. I want to create my own original solutions. I want to look at situations and come up with my own phrasing, my own words, and do it my way. This is the John Taffer Podcast. Shut it down. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the John Taffer Podcast. So this is my 36th day in quarantine. And, you know, I've been talking a lot. Boy, I've been all over the news channels. And if you watch my social media, you see I've been all over the place. I've been really trying to be a voice for my industry, trying to uh, uh, bring out the organizations that are doing such great work, support them, but also try to support our industry, which is a little frozen right now, a little stuff. And, and whether we're in a restaurant business or retail business, we have been in a sustaining mode for too freaking long, to tell you the truth. And we are now just dealing with sustaining this. How many of us are really dealing with what do we start? Now, on Monday... Georgia goes back to business, restaurants open. That's a big deal. Have those restaurants created marketing plans? Have those retailers created marketing plans? What are we going to do when a green light comes on? Well, I've been looking and, and thinking and writing and calculating and doing everything I can to try to think this through as an industry. And opening Taffer's Tavern in Alpharetta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta in July is, is a big challenge for us because we've created this whole new kitchen, all these new systems and procedures and we have an advantage because we're building a new kitchen. Other restaurants have older kitchens, but they have to implement new procedures. But during this period of sustaining, too many of us have spent the money sustaining ourselves that we need to reopen, and that scares the heck out of me. We have to fill our shelves, fill our refrigerators. We have to bring employees, and we might have to buy new uniforms. Who knows what we need to do when we reopen? But if we don't have the resources to reopen, it really worries me. So we can't lose all our money while we're sustaining. That makes no sense. To survive the sustaining part and then not have the resources to reopen, that makes absolutely no sense to me. So I've been focused all these weeks, and you've heard me talk about resetting America, and you've heard me talk about some of the procedures that needs to change. And we've had Dr. Phil on this program to talk about the psychology of this. I've had Guy Fieri on this program with me to talk about the industry aspects of this and what we need to do. Well, today I wanted to have a guest on who, during this pandemic, <laughs> is selling out in her restaurant during this pandemic, has kept her employees working, her kitchen lights on. She's selling, she's marketing, she's reinvented her business, and she's done it all, while so many other restaurateurs have done none of these things. And I want this to be a motivating podcast. I want those of you who are frozen right now, saying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I want to say, what the hell are you waiting for? For those who are saying, I'm looking for the next government plan, I'm looking for the next government plan, I want you to say, what am I going to do? Maybe the government money can help me. Maybe it can't. But we need to act. Well, my dear friend, and you've seen her on Bar Rescue a bunch of times, she's probably done 15 with me, is Tiffany Deary. Tiffany, <laughs> I love Tiffany's story. I mean, I love her personally. I know her parents well. We've spent a lot of time together on Bar Rescue when we travel around the country, rescuing bars and restaurants together. But Tiffany started flipping pancakes in a, in a breakfast restaurant. And from that, she convinced them to let her be a manager at 17 years old, the youngest in a national chain. Then she traveled around the world learning how to cook in different countries. As she went to college, learning how to be a chef. 
Then she came back, was a consultant for many, many years, opened up her own company a few years ago, and you've probably seen Tiff on Top Shelf, Top Chef, Top Shelf, I'm thinking liquor, on Top Chef, you've probably seen her on Bar Rescue, and you've probably seen her on, on, on morning shows and all over the place. What's amazing about Tiffany is Tiffany's a real working chef. She owns her restaurant. She really knows what she's doing. When this pandemic started, Tiffany owned a pretty new concept called Roots Chicken Shack. And when she opened this, the pandemic started, she completely reinvented her restaurant. She now sells family meals to go. They sell out. She sells two to 300 a day. You can see it online. She's reinvented her menu, the way she sells, the way she serves, the way she markets, the way she communicates. And she has been successful. Think about this. She's selling out during the pandemic when everybody else is sitting around scratching their heads, not knowing what to do. That's why I wanted to have Tiffany here. If you're a restaurant operator, you do not want to miss this interview. If you're a retail person, you do not want to miss this interview. And if you're just focusing about what are you going to do, how is this going to restart, don't miss this interview. This is an interview about changing our businesses to match what's happening in the marketplace. We must adapt to be successful. You've heard me say for weeks now that this is not a restart of America that we're about to experience. It's a reset of America. Because we're not restarting what we did before. We're resetting. There's going to be new procedures. There's going to be new systems, new things that we need to conform with. So it is a reset, and we're all going to have to learn new things, and that's what a reset is. The amazing thing about Tiffany is she didn't wait for the pandemic to end to reset. She reset now, and wait till you hear the way we do it. When I come back, I'll be with Tiffany Dunn. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. Well, this has been something I've been looking forward to two weeks because Tiffany Deere is not only my dear friend, not only have we spent, I guess, weeks on the road in the years we've done Bar Rescue together, but the work that you do uh, for the industry, whether it's working with diabetes to try to create healthier diets for people, working with the Food Policy Action Group, right, spending the time in Washington as you do, working with James Beard as a spokesperson, right, for sustainability. You are very, very active in our industry. And Tiff, you know, I watch your social media pages because you're my buddy, of course. But I have watched what you've done since this pandemic has started. And I don't want you to blush, but you're one of the heroes of our industry. And I want to talk about this. First of all, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, every day is a different, like, before I thought they were all different, but today is a good day. Yeah. So, so when this pandemic started, you not only stepped up for our frontliners, I know that, and worked to feed people. I want to talk as a restaurateur for a moment, because you're actually sustaining your business now, aren't you? Correct. Yes, we are. At Roots Chicken Shack here in Plano, you know, it was scary, and I understood what everyone else was feeling. Um, but it's important important that we move past our feelings and just dig deep and figure out how to save our business, right? Because there is no one that's going to save us. There's not enough government that's going to come in and, you know, just just really take care of what we need to be done. So um, I just started thinking and started thinking, okay, what else can we do? What does our community need? 
Um, okay, they need food. That's what we're going to do. So I first just started cooking for them. We sort of blossomed into, you know what? The grocery stores were crazy. Let's do grocery bags of food for five. That changed over a week, and we started doing prepared meals that they can cook at their home. So we have, over the time, we adjusted. You know, I feel like we hear that term pivot a lot right now. Um, to where we are right now, which is a family meals and providing for frontline workers. And it's interesting. You reinvented your business. You completely reinvented yes. your business. And, yeah, and I've looked yeah, online. You had to. But if you weren't pivoting, adjusting, reinventing your business, you were going to be left behind. And I just, I couldn't look at all of the people who I employ who would not be able to get unemployment, who didn't know what to do, who look up to me. And I felt like I needed to do something. I had to step up. I had to make some decisions. Well, I'm glad you did. You know, what scares me, Tiff, at this time is so many restaurants have taken their government money and are focused on sustaining themselves, but they have no plan to move forward. And that scares the heck out of me. So like you, these past weeks, I've been thinking about how do we go forward, not how do we sustain ourselves during this. And you've done that. And I see online, you promote the meal that you're selling the day before, right? Or So I can sign up. There's only so many. Correct. I pre-order. We go ahead and get, um, you know, the payment done. So we know exactly what we're cooking for. We understand that going into it, we're not buying extra. Um, so we're, we, I mean, we really have it down now, I feel like, to a science. Because every week, I guess, know that on Fridays, we're going to have a crazy family meal. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to do. And that's not only say we're going to make money out of this, but you have to do it in the right way. Because money is tight for a lot of people right yeah. now. Your business isn't the only one that's tight, you know? So you have to give and take. I reduce the prices for the family so that we can serve more. I go out and I find, hey, what vegetables have this week that we can use? And I adjust to that. It's not a set meal. You don't always have the right, you know, the same ingredients every week, and that's okay. Our, our guests are like, what are you cooking, chef? You know, we want whatever you're cooking, we're going to do it. Well, that's what was fun for me. So I st even though I'm in Las Vegas and you're in Dallas, unfortunately, I'm out of your delivery area or your pickup area. But, <laughs> but, but I've been looking, and it's been fun because, you know, everybody in Dallas knows your food. Right, they know your food. So, what is Chef Tiffany making today? What is she make? So, there's a lot of fun in this. Also, you're yeah. selling people meals that they might not have ordered themselves, and that's fun, right? You're, yeah. You're yeah, and they're trusting. They're trusting me now. Yeah. So, I think. I mean, to be a chef and to have someone say, "Whatever you're cooking on Friday, we're we're buying," you know what I mean? That's a pretty fantastic way to be. But think of how fun it is for them have a chef they trust, a, a restaurant whose sanitation practices they can completely trust, and get a meal that they would have never have ordered for themselves had it not been uh, you creating that for them. So it's a win-win for everyone. And I so wanted to have you on because I wanted restaurant operators to hear what you're doing, Tiff, because a lot of them are frozen in, in all these other markets, and we can be doing these things. You proved it. So 
I think right now, looking forward, and look, you and I have talked and spent a lot of time together over the years. And by the way, my love to your parents. Uh, um, I wanted to, to talk about what happens in the future. And you know, years ago, if I chose a restaurant because of their hamburger, I would go to the restaurant that has my favorite hamburger. Today, if the restaurant that has my favorite hamburger, if I don't trust it operationally, cleanliness and practices, I'm going to go eat my second favorite hamburger because I trust that restaurant more. That's a big change in our business, Tiff. I mean, yeah. it, it drops trust to the top of the list. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to make sure that your business, your restaurant is at top-notch when it comes to safety and sanitation. At this moment, that has to be our top priority to make sure that we are keeping everything clean and sanitized for our guests. If you cannot properly do that, you do not need to be open. I, I completely agree. So our most important priority with our customers right now is for them to trust us. Trust our practices, trust everything that we're doing to make certain that whatever they eat in our restaurant, they can trust us. That's a, a change. And, you know, I was on social media the other day, and it was a photograph of a cook making lasagna in a pan. And he was laying a noodle in a pan, and, and it said, our famous lasagna is ready for pickup at 5 o'clock. But he was wearing street clothes, and he wasn't wearing a hat. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And he was wearing clear disposable gloves. And I'm saying, that that's not the messages we want to send now. Right. You're right. And you also have to be careful on many occasions with even the social media content. You know, a lot of times we film these things ahead of time. And then we release them. Well, if, if your product, if you don't have the proper look and gloves like you're saying, you're going to get roasted and people are not going to want to eat from your restaurant. So you have to right now, you have to pay attention to everything. What's happening in the restaurant, outside the restaurant, everything you're putting out, all your content to every detail because folks can choose where they go. But what you want them to do is to choose you every time. Yeah, absolutely That's right. And today trust is so is almost a, a more important than any single, it's a single one motivator that changes everything. You know what else is interesting, Tiff, and I was thinking about this, you know, restaurants going forward, the employees aren't going to tolerate uh, any less than that either. So We're putting, right now we are an essential worker. If you have a restaurant, you're an essential worker. It is not only your job to make sure that we are cooking for the community properly, clean and sanitized, it's also our responsibility to make sure that our employees are safe. So if an employee sees something that's not right happening in your restaurant, they're not going to stay. They don't want to put their, their family at risk. They don't want to do all of those things. Yeah. So it's just as important. Yeah, and, and it's self-policing because the employees all yeah. want to be safe. So it's wonderful. If we set up these procedures, our employees have every reason to respect them now. And that's what I think uh, is the, 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 what I'm looking forward to, Tiff, is I really believe when this ends, and you've proven it already, the great marketers will succeed when this ends. The great operators will succeed when this ends. And the great promoters will succeed when this ends. And you've actually done all three, the way you've marketed, the way you're promoting your meals, the way you've changed your operations, the way you're communicating. So you've changed the way you operate, the way you communicate, the way you motivate. So you've adapted to this. I wanted other restaurant operators to hear this message because it's so damn important. And here's what worries me, Tiff. All of these restaurants and all these other places, their refrigerators are empty. Their walk-ins are empty. 
So they need the money to buy an opening inventory to get going. So obviously, they're probably going to have a smaller inventory. They might do things like you, right? Narrow the menu, do specialized meals, whatever it might be. But they have spent all their money sustaining themselves during this period, not making money on, on curbside or delivery. Now, when it comes time to open, I'm worried they're not going to have the resources to open. What do you think? That's what I think. So, You're 100 I worry. I worry that that people are taking money and they're only looking at the right now. But we're not over this yet. No. You still have to sustain yourself for weeks to come before we have no clue when things will get back to normal or normal. You know, what is normal? Maybe a new normal, you right. know? And you're right. They're going to run out of money. And unfortunately, you're also going to have that loan interest and that loan payment I completely agree. You know, little things like if we were talking about, and I don't want to get too operational, but we were talking about the fact that servers really can't bring food to tables anymore. If they're bussing plates and they're touching money, then so now we need a designated food runner and the customer sees all he's doing is bringing food from the kitchen. He's not touching money. He's not touching bust uh, uh, vessels, none of that kind of stuff. So now we have that change. Okay, so now we can protect the customer as we bring. But now if the server isn't bringing food to the kitchen or, or products from the bar, maybe they could have one more table. Maybe that could be a five-table station rather than a four. So these are the kind of operational changes. Also, I was thinking about, you know, the old diner. You worked at one when you were 16 years old. We had the cashier in front, right, and you paid. I think that might come back because that contains the money changing to one specific area. If we contain food running, we contain money collecting, and we contain serving, it starts to make sense to me, you know, the way we could operate in a model like that. Like you said, opening up a fine dining inventory, that's like opening a whole new restaurant. And you're not probably going to want to, you know, have some of the procedures that I would adjust to in a casual concept. So I think everyone just has to be smart. And maybe if that was the restaurant you had before, that may not be the restaurant that opens back up. Yeah, I agree. So when we've been looking at this, and I've been analyzing this for five weeks, looking at Broadway, concert venues, full-service restaurants, high, uh, you know, uh, uh, upscale restaurants, which tend to have more spacing in the first place as compared to a casual environment, which is a little tighter. We lose about 40 to 60% of our capacity on the inside with the spacing regulations or the standards that we're going to be presented with. Now, that's not going to be forever, but I'm guessing, you know, you look at a Georgia opening up Monday. I mean, they're opening their restaurants. They have to employ spacing like that, at least in the beginning, or people like you and I won't go there. I won't go there if they're going to put me three inches from a stranger. So when we look at that, I mean, now if you, if you did serve 100 lunches in an hour, you can't deliver 100 lunches in an hour. So your capacity is now down to 50 people. So we were talking about with cities, for example, if they could allow a little more outdoor seating in some restaurant environments, that could make a huge difference. You know, a small restaurant, if I can get eight more seats out in front, that could be the world of difference. Also, I think that we should start to see beer companies provide folding open podiums that you can put in front of the restaurant for curbside pickup. 
So it's organized with a little POS tablet on it so that we're really set up for curbside and we can do it in a smart kind of a way. I think that cities can start to put yellow lines where curbside pickup is going to be so cars won't be parked there so we can have access to it. So I think that if we did that, and one last thing, we have to talk to the government about doing an inventory credit when we reopen. I think that's critical. And Tiff, if our restaurants don't fill their refrigerators, our farmers don't grow, our manufacturers don't manufacture, and our distributors don't distribute, this is a big problem. So, so I'm hoping and I'm lobbying, and, I, and, and I'm guessing you'll have the same voice. There needs to be some dollars provided to these restaurants for an inventory credit to open, knowing that those inventory dollars go right down the system and supply the entire chain. And that's an easy verification to do. We can submit invoices for food, you know, to prove that we spent the dollars where we should, et cetera. But I think that's the next big step that government has to take to get these other people open. I agree. You're right. 100% accurate. Yeah. Like always. Oh, stop it. So, you know, I wanted you to be on because I, I knew you'd motivate everyone, Tiff. Because, you know, you started, uh, uh, you know, I always love your story. And you and I are close and you know I love you. But I love your story from flipping pancakes to traveling the world to learn to cook while you went to school. You know, to, to creating your own restaurants, to gaining so much respect in what was then a male-dominated industry. You guys have changed that the past few years. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've always respected you so much and you're always so inspiring. What would you say to restaurant operators now who see this all as bleak? is changing around you. You know, you have done something, and you might have done it for 20, 30 years. You might have done it too. Um, let that go. You have to deal with it in the moment and where you're going. Take a deep breath, reassess where you're at, and get to work. You have to do something. Um, John, you said that we switched our programs, and we did these things. Um, that is important. Actually have to get to work and no longer just sit behind the desk and collect how you have been doing all of these your model has to change and you've had during this pandemic you've had some exciting moments i've seen you post we're sold out at dinners tomorrow you know so you found every every dinner we're sold out so every so there is an answer. So I want everybody to know where they can find you on social media. But start by giving them the restaurant social media pages because I want other restaurant operators to watch what you're doing, Tiff. So where can they find the restaurants where you're doing these programs? Go to Roots Chicken Shack, and that is Roots Chicken Shack with a K um, at the end. And then my Instagram is MasterChef T, um, or just simply Tiffany Dairy on Facebook. You know, we promote a lot of different things that we're doing. Also, talk about it. If you're going and you're feeding frontline folks, talk about that. We want to support those who are doing something and helping. Um, so when folks know that you're doing something, they really want to join in. So follow us. Copy what I'm doing. I don't care. Um, find a way to save your business. Save your business. You know, I don't want you to blush or kick me next time you see me. But you've, you've always been an example to me, Tiffany. You have. You've always been an example of integrity and creativity and, and everything that, you know, it makes me love you so much. Right now, you're an example for so many restaurant operators. And what we talked about today is so important. 
And if we can get a few of them to change course, a few of them to go to work, a few of them to implement some of these programs, we did good today. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer will be right back. If there's anything I learned from talking to Tiffany, it's why wait? Reinvent your business now. Go to her website. Go to her restaurant's pages. Look at what she's doing. She has found answers that any of us could have found if we looked. Don't allow the pandemic and the stay-at-home orders and the not-go-to-work orders stop us from thinking, planning, getting ready to execute. That's what I learned from talking to Tiffany, and I hope you did too. I've said this before, I want to say it again. This pandemic is going to end. It's ending, so a lot of it is ending in Georgia next week when the restaurants will reopen on Monday. That's going to happen in another place, in another place, in another place. Sure, we're going to open with less seats. Sure, we're going to open with some distancing. Sure, sports might be a while, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, we're going to ha- take a step forward when those restaurants open. Then we'll put in another table, then another table, then another table. Then we'll take another step forward. Then sports will start without fans in the beginning. That'll be a step forward. And then maybe they'll bring fans in after a while, and that'll be the next step forward. This is not a turn the light switch on and go back to work scenario. This is multiple steps. So think about what is your next step when this pandemic ends? In your personal job, your personal career, your company, what is your next step? How do you reset? Think about that long and hard. Because those of you who reset and really think about this are going to succeed. I've said this before. I want to say it again because it's so important. Great marketers are going to succeed when this pandemic ends, aren't they? Great operators are going to bubble to the top and they're going to succeed when this pandemic ends, aren't they? And great promoters are going to create revenue when this pandemic ends. Let's be one of those. Let's go to work now. Let's plan this out. Let's think about what we need to accomplish. Let's reset ourselves as we reset our businesses so that we're ready to go. Because I think these next few weeks, we're going to start to see some things happen. Talk to you all next week. Subscribe to the John Tapper Podcast right now for more episodes every Thursday.